Hello and welcome to another episode of Feasible Film. Glad you could join us. Uh, it is March 31st, 2016, and today on the docket we're going to be talking mainly um, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, um, but we'll also get into a little bit of Daredevil if we have time. But I want to go ahead and say right off, it's kind of hard to talk about this movie without spoiling it. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it, uh, then come back and listen. So let's go ahead and um, get this started. Um, now, when Batman vs. Superman was announced um, initially, I thought that um, it was a good idea, but I felt that there should have been a setup or a lead up um, to the movie. So there's, I believe that there should have been, you know, a Batman movie introducing Affleck's character first. And um, we know a little bit about Superman from Man of Steel, but I'd like to have, you know, just a little bit more before we introduce both these characters together. Um, but I understand, you know, they're trying to move forward with a Justice League movie. So it makes sense. I would have just liked to see a little bit of more context before they both met each other. Um, but yeah, it was directed by um, Zack Snyder. Um, like I said, it was released a couple of days ago. Um, Hans Zimmer did the music. Um, it cost $250 million. And uh, as of today, I believe it's made like $510 million. So all in all, it was a success. Um, but uh, yeah, so the synopsis is, it's been two years since Superman's colossal battle with Zod devastated um, the city of Metropolis. The loss of life and collateral damage left many feeling angry and helpless, including crime-fighting billionaire Bruce Wayne. Convinces Superman's now a threat to humanity, Batman embar embarks on a personal vendetta to end his reign on Earth, while the uh, Lex Luthor launches his own crusade against the Man of Steel. So, it's I believe that the um, when I talk about it here, it might be kind of fragmented. I might go on all, all different types of directions here. Um, but uh, let's just bear with me as we go through this. Um, number one, uh, I didn't really like the film. Um, I thought that it was convoluted. I thought that the acting was bad. Um, some characters were miscast. Um, the overall look. Um, was really muddy. Um, the direction was lackluster, and the writing um, screenplay was just really, really bad in my opinion. But like I was saying, you know, there should have been two movies um, introducing both characters, introducing the Batmobile, introducing Batman, um, showing that um, what's happened to him in these past two years, and give it a little understanding why. I mean, maybe this isn't the comics, but something that I didn't understand that from the get-go is how Gotham and Metropolis are so close to each other. I guess they're over the across the river, and and that opens up just another can of worms that you can't really go with, or you can't even really think about if you're, um, you know, trying to write a plot as as to why they both meet. But that's another story. Um, but basically, I had a problem with the plot, um, so. It starts off with uh, Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne, and I thought, you know, Ben Affleck did a good job as Bruce Wayne. He had the look. Um, they didn't give him a lot to work with, so as far as, you know, him being, you know, the billionaire that you know and love from all the Nolan films and before that, it just wasn't there. You know, there was no, there was no context for them. There was nothing other than, you know, the origin story was, was placed yet again, shown in a different light. You know, it was 
somewhat interesting, I guess. You know, the images don't really stick in my mind, but, you know, it was okay. I guess you've seen it a million times, so I'm glad that they kept that at a minimum. But the, um, you know, the, I thought it was awesome that, you know, Ben Affleck's or Batman, Bruce Wayne, I mean, when he's coming through town, it shows what happened during the last movie, during Man of Steel, where Superman flies in and he's battling Zod and basically destroying the city. And so from there, Batman goes on a vendetta to, uh, I guess, bring Superman out of the woodwork so he can confront him. Now, the, the first 10 or 15 minutes was great. Now, when you find out that, that, that that's his motivation, like I was saying in the synopsis, that's where it just does makes absolutely no sense to me. You know, if, you know, if he, okay, so Batman, so Bruce Wayne's character uh, in the um, Nolan films is, you know, all about protecting the city as well. So, you know, he wants to protect the bad guys. And if he has to, he says in his own words, if he has to give himself up and he has to die as a symbol, then that's what he's going to have to do, you know, in order to protect Gotham. So why would he lend, why would he try to, I mean, I understand that a lot of the people from his office, you know, passed away from this event and it caused a, a ruckus. But why would he other than just, you know, trying to find him in another means and speak to him about the whole thing and understand the event of what happened, like you, like you would do, like, you know, I mean, in especially like the animated series for Batman, he doesn't just go, I mean, and Joker goes and kills a couple people. He always has to find out what's going on. He'll question them, uh, you know, whether it be Penguin or Croc or Harley or whoever the Clayface, whoever the main bad guy is, he wants to get, he's a detective. He wants to get to the bottom of it. And he wants to find out why. He never is off the hinges, I guess you'd say. And, you know, for them to, to write his character like this is fine that it's different, but it's just not interesting because he's going around capturing or these bad guys and burning the bat signal into their skin, which is really, really dark and really uncharacteristic of him. And, Maybe that's part of the comic, but um, it just seems like there'd be such an easier way to go about contacting Superman and letting him know, having to sit down and talk to him about what's going on. So he, Superman could explain to him that Zod was the one that was trying to destroy the city, and he was just trying to help it out. And I know you wouldn't have a movie in that place, in that scenario, but that seems like the most rational thing to do, especially coming from what we know of Batman. Now, like I was saying, if we had a lead up to this movie where it was just him, you know, trying to figure out what, what happened after Man of Steel, that would have been fine, you know, but in the context, it's just kind of unnerving, you know, like I was saying with Gotham being so close. And that was one of my main problems with the plot is you have the whole Batman element him trying to, you know, get this, get rid of, uh, expose Superman um, and get rid of him and trying to find out all the means necessary to do that. And yet you have um, Superman that is trying to thwart Batman's plan of trying to stop him, but he's also trying to stop, you know, Jesse Eisenberg's character. And... Jesse Eisenberg in this, I believe, was just, it was absolutely terrible. It was miscast. 
um, was going for more of like a Joker rendition of the character, which, you know, I guess could be truthful. We don't really know anything about Lex Luthor's son's character that much, I guess. You know, from from the in, from the outside looking in, maybe from the comics, but for this perspective of this movie, you don't really know much about him, and so they hit you over the head of how he's crazy. You know, I mean, he has the the party sequence, um, into in which he, you know, you can tell that he's some kind of a lunatic, um, but that doesn't necessarily breed his actions. Like, why, if he's trying to save the city so much? Why does he also try to destroy it by creating um, Doomsday at the end, which we'll get to? And he doesn't seem all that much of a threat, you know. And in, in a superhero movie, you want you want a bat, you want an awesome, you want a kick-ass bad guy, you want an Ultron, you want a, a Winter Soldier, you want something you can that you know, that, that you can look forward to, uh, look, the characters look forward to fighting. And in this, there just is nothing. And with Doomsday, which we'll get to later, he just kind of pops up, there's a fight, and that's it. There's nothing really to look forward to. And another big problem with this movie, I believe, was the runtime. I believe it's, it's a well over two hours. It's like two hours and 30 minutes, two hours and 40 minutes. Now, I thought that the lead up to the Batman fight, which was like an hour and a half in, I thought that was the conclusion of the movie. Excuse me. That was like an hour and 30 minutes in, I believe. And I thought that was con- that I thought that was the conclusion. Little did I know there was another hour left, and I was just squirming in my seat and so bored and it was just they don't give you anything that's interesting. Uh, um, like I was saying with the plot, it just goes nowhere. And um I think that with movies like this, like with Batman, with Superman, Spider-Man, and X-Men, you know, the list goes on and on and on. It's some of the only movies that I can think of where you get a free pass for rebooting these movies. So they're, I mean, the companies are out there saying like, like especially like with Daredevil or um, X-Men or anything like that, you know, especially with like the end of X-Men 3, everyone hated. And they're like, you know, let's do, let's do X-Men, let's do redo X-Men. But this time we're going to start with Xavier as a kid, as a young man, and and venture on towards her. And you're like, okay, we're we're going to get it right this time. And they, you know, they ended up getting it right. You know, in my opinion, I thought those movies were great. And Spider Man, they're oh, they're like, okay, we're going to do the Tobey Maguire movies. You know, everyone loved the first two, and then the third one, everybody hated. They're like, okay, well, we're going to reboot it. So they reboot it with Andrew Garfield. He has his two movies. They're like, okay. You know, everyone didn't. Everyone hated the second one. Okay, we're gonna reboot it again, and we're gonna cast someone else. So, there's so much baggage that goes into these movies that it's just hard to um, get a hold on what's going on. Sometimes, you know, when they, especially when they bring characters back, when there's um, convoluted plots in there as well, um, when there's no origin story to be heard of. It, it it's hard to mishmash all this together. Now, they're going. It's interesting that DC is trying to do the reverse of Marvel. They're they're trying to put in all the characters together first, and then they're going to do the solo movies later on. So that's kind of interesting. You know, Marvel had time to build them up, and I don't understand the rush of 
getting these movies and getting these teams, team of movies together, or the team of characters together. I mean, if you look at this movie, if you look at Batman, it may, it's already made double its money back. So it was definitely a success. You know, I've always heard if it makes a million extra from what a budget was, it was a success. So, you know, obviously people want to go see these movies. You know, there there's a audience out there of of people who want to go see these films. Um, I'm one of them. I you know I you know you get invested in these characters and you kind of want to see what these plots are going to be like. And you know, the main selling point of Batman versus Superman was the fight. And I was thinking, okay. How are they going to do this? How are they going to have Batman fight Superman? And, of course, the first thing that comes to mind is kryptonite, of course. So I'm like, okay, are they going to use kryptonite as a crutch like they usually do when someone's fighting Superman? And, of course, they do. Now, the big problem with that for me was... You know, just just how it how it lands on Earth, how they get how um, just uh, like Luther gets a hold of it, how Batman eventually gets a hold of it, and makes a weapon out of it, and them breaking the rules on Superman. You know, his mantra is faster than a speeding bullet, power more powerful than a locomotive. You know, and he gets hit by a bullet laced with kryptonite dust or whatever. And it, it's just ridiculous. I mean, Superman, for one, should be able to see it's coming, and two, get out of the way quickly, and three, not be in the vicinity when it explodes. When it explodes, he should get out of there, shoot it with his lasers or whatever. I mean, you. I know this is nitpicking, but the fight from the get-go was just ridiculous. I, I would have liked to have seen them team up. Um, and to have a tone of, of the movie being so dark, um, that there's no real light there, there's no real hope there, there's no real camaraderie there, there's none of that there. So by the time that the fight happens, it's just, all you're left with was action. And in my opinion, the action just wasn't great, it wasn't fun. And if you don't have that, I mean, you're, you're just going to be bored. You're just going to be sitting there completely bored, which I was, and... And on top of that, nothing about the fight scenes were interesting. You had a really cool-looking Batmobile, but, I mean, it had a gun turret on it, you know? I mean, there wasn't anything really all that great about it. And it was almost like the action was a was throwaway just to progress the plot, you know? And, and, the, and I can't believe that because the movie is so long. There's so much time to spend on plot, but you have characters and parties and learning you know about each other from parties um wonder woman showing up and let's get into that for a second so wonder woman shows up she probably has less lines in this movie than in fast and furious combined (laughs) so you know there's nothing really to take from that and another problem with the plot is they are essentially giving you trailers, setting up plot lines for, for the next films, in which they just need to be focusing on what is ahead of them and what is in this movie. I mean, you have, you have references to Aquaman and Cyborg and um, Flash, I think, and I, I forget who's all in Justice League, but 
it's almost like there's commercials within this movie, you know, you know, kind of testing the waters to see how people react. And it, it was just, to me, it just felt so forced. You know, you're showing me characters which I know nothing about. You're showing me Wonder Woman, which I know nothing about. You're showing me scenes from other f- movies that are going to come out, which I know nothing about. You have dream sequences where you're showing characters show up that throw with throwaway lines that I know nothing about. You have Flash show up. I know nothing about what he's doing. And it makes you... It makes you question what's going on screen. For me, I'm like, okay, it's great that they want to include all these characters and everything, but there are ways to do that. I mean, Marvel usually did, does a really good job of with their little web comics and things like that, like setting up, giving kind of like a little teasers, but that's not part of the movie. It's a special feature. And that's what you kind of feel like you're watching when Wonder Woman's looking at the Justice League videos. It's almost like you're watching a trailer or behind the scenes or you're watching, they're giving you a quick little trailer of it. It, it, it doesn't make much sense. And they should have written something that was just a little bit more cohesive and introduced those characters, but not in such a... Um, cash grabby start away like not not give us just give us a sense of where they of what they're doing i guess but in the context of the movie it doesn't make sense out of context so that's what i'm getting at um now another thing i guess speaking about wonder woman is her and amy adams the women in this movie just have nothing to go on they have no nothing to chew on and it's a shame because um, I'm not. I can't speak to to Gal because, you know, all you really know is her from Fast and Furious, and uh, but Amy Adams is a good actor. She was great in Man of Steel, I thought, and she brought t- more to Lois Lane's character. I, I, in my opinion, but in this movie, she's just set up to be a damsel in distress, which is you know typical of most action movies, you know, and. Like Kristen Dunst in um, Spider-Man, you know, at least at least she's given something. You know, she's working towards something. And Lois Lane's, and especially in this movie, it doesn't really seem like she's just set up to where Superman comes and saves her. I mean, that's basically what she's there for. And every turn, she doesn't have anything else to do in this film. Um, same with Wonder Woman. You know, she's she shows up at parties. She looks at Batman. She shows up at the end for a fight scene in, in full garb. That's about it. I, I don't really know why she was included, um, but it, it's just a should be a crime that you know they both weren't the screenwriters weren't like honest enough or or um, had any more to give. I guess to add you know more. Um, lines for the females to to add something to it, to add some stakes, to add some hope or something. You know, it just it 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 should have been a crime. Um, now, with Henry Cavill's acting, 
in this movie I thought was terrible as well. Um, Eisenberg, I, actually, pretty much everybody in this movie uh, was pretty bad other than Ben Affleck. And, you know, I mean, it's mainly because there's so much plot, yet it doesn't really revol- revolve around Superman or Batman, which is... It would just, their situation, I mean, you know, it deals too much with the city and, you know, the politics. And let's just talk about that for a second. Now, I'm all for, you know, finding clever ways to give your political views um, or undertones or give something to latch on to in, you know, a comic book, popcorn movie. That's fine. But... It just seems to me the track record when they when they when screenwriters go about this, they just miss the mark in my opinion. Captain America Winter Soldier did the same thing, you know, it it has a plot but it also has these political overtones which just drag the story down, you know. You just want to see superheroes in really cool locales, have really good fight scenes, have camaraderie challenge the bad guy, you know, and, you know, and fight for the planet or fight for the city or fight for whatever, you know, they fight for and use their strengths and their abilities to help each other out. And in Batman and Superman, or in Batman versus Superman, they, well, not they, Superman, okay, so Superman brings the aliens and everything and Zod and whatnot to this planet. He wants to live there. He knows the consequences. You know he think people are going to be coming after him that want to hurt him, right? So in doing so, he's putting everybody he knows at risk. And they tackle that so much better in like the original movies. And in this this film, it's like a rampage came through town and destroyed I don't know how much of the city. And the city, in this movie, want to kill him. They want to hang him. They want to see him burn. And then yet at the end, when Doomsday comes around, destroys the city, again, I mean, just wrecks havoc, leaves a big, big huge crater in the, in the city again. He gets, and this was absolutely terrible, he gets a hero's send-off. Uh, Doomsday ends up killing him as you know, and he gets this send-off, like it's like the military send-off with the jets flying by, with the six-gun salute, with the flag on top, with a special Superman coffin, you know, and everybody in the city is there. They're all praising him. They all, you know, they all uh, think that he did such a great job getting rid of this threat. But I do not understand why the city is behind him. He brought this upon them. He's not saving them. We don't, well, maybe he is, and we don't know about that. The last two years, we don't know anything about what he works on on the Daily Planet. We don't know anything of, of um, what he's doing to help the city. We don't know any of that. All we know is that he bring in those two years, he destroyed, first year he destroyed the city when he came. Zod, him and Zod destroyed the city. Then him and Doomsday destroy the city again. And everyone's behind him. It makes absolutely no sense to me why they would give him this praise. And it was, I mean, 
I know that that's part of the comic. I know he has a huge um, once when you know once he gets killed, once Doomsday kills him, he has this big send off. But in the context of these two movies, I don't understand why the people are behind him. I don't understand why anyone in their right mind that lived in the city that got destroyed would be behind him, other than he stopped something or he prevented something that shouldn't have been there in the first place just because he wants to live there. He could easily go back out to the farm and live out there and, you know, do whatever he wants to do and swoop in every so often and uh, help, help people. But he knows he's bringing peril to the city just by being there. Just like Thor in, Marvel, in the Marvel Universe knows that he's bringing, you know, distress and... Um, anarchy and everything like that to earth so they know that so for them like i was saying for the city to be behind them makes absolutely no no sense for me and that's another thing that i just did not like about it um now another thing i guess we could kind of get into is the in superhero movies especially we have um well, not not in um, not in Avengers per se, but in most of them, we have a problem with like setting up location shots. Well, not not on all of them, I guess. Just yeah, because Garden. Yeah, never mind. What I'm saying is in Batman vs Superman, there are no interesting locations. There's no good setups. There's no we're fighting in a um, an abandoned rail yard, and we're gonna use the um, rails to fight or you know we're going to use trains he's going to superman's going to throw trains you know what i'm kind of getting at like they're not when when batman and superman finally face off you have a fight in some abandoned building batman is being thrown all around superman's being thrown all around we can thrown through walls there's really no context to the setup kind of like um in star wars you have just these quick little um scenes where it'll change just like in the classic star wars but there's no real context of what's going on, like the area that they're in. And other movies, you know, they work more on their craft, like especially with like Guardians of the Galaxy, like at the beginning. They have that whole sequence of him, of um, um, Star-Lord, you know, going through that little cavern and, um, you know, interacting with the animals and things like that. So you kind of understand what's going on there. Same with the prison. You know, they're they're kind of in a prison, but it goes and shows the cell blocks. It shows, like, all the different areas around there. So you kind of get a sense of your surroundings and what could possibly be used in that to, you know, make it fun. Just like any, I mean, any good setup action scene. And then this, there isn't any of that. You know, there there's a fight in rubble. There's a fight on in a warehouse several times um there's a fight you know it's just not interesting and there's no setup to where they are um and traditionally like whenever there's a superhero or whatever like getting ready to face the bat quote-unquote last guy or bad guy or whatever you know you have them you know walking up and scouting the location and showing where everything is and things like that and this just doesn't have that which just lessens it even more so when the action starts taking place there's no context to where anything is in the space, so it's just boring. Um, and let's see. And that, I mean, other than, you know, just going through all the different characters again or 
kind of hitting home like I mean, I guess just to wrap it up is the plot was convoluted, the action was dull, the direction was dull, the music was dull, and like I'm saying, the setups to the other movies are something that I'm just not interested in. You know, they do it. In, they did it in Star Wars too. Um, it seems like they're doing it in most movies, but I think a movie should stand alone by itself. You shouldn't have to bring in all this outside context or future context to a movie to make it make sense. You know, you shouldn't be obligated for that. And I think that's negative. I, In my opinion, I think that should be negative marks. So all in all, um, I'm mildly looking forward to the new Batman movie um, just because, you know, Ben Affleck is writing and directing that. So... I know for a fact that'll at least have style to it, and it should be a lot better than this. Now, the others, Wonder Woman doesn't look that interesting. Um, what else? Aquaman doesn't look that interesting. And I guess they're doing a cyborg movie. I, I'm not 100% sure on that. But, I mean, for what we saw in here, that doesn't look that interesting. So, as far as DC goes... I mean, they boy, they have a uphill battle here. You know, we're you know a lot of people saw it, you know, thinking it was going to be great. You know, it seems like superhero movies are still the big ticket, but boy, oh boy, did it drop off quick. You know, once word got around how how bad this movie was, and rightfully so. You know, I I would not I I mean unless you're I mean I can't say I wouldn't recommend seeing it because if you're a superhero film, I guess you should see it, but. Boy, was it bad, I thought. And, you know, out of five, I'm teetering around 1.5 or 2. I don't think I can go any higher than 2. So 1.75, somewhere around there. Um, so um, anyway, let's see. We're going a little long here, so let's. I'll just table the uh, Daredevil um, conversation for uh, next time. Uh, I just actually just finished season two, and it was absolutely fantastic. Um, other than some small things here and there towards the end, but another good offering, another good superhero show, uh, show from Netflix and Marvel, and looking forward to that. But anyway, uh, thanks for li- listening. Um, you can follow me at Lee Van Martin. Um, also, you know, if you wouldn't mind sharing this to you know, on your social media, uh, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, whatever, send it out there. I would greatly appreciate that. And until next time, stay feasible. Cryo sleep.